98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. Burns and Gambo starts now. now. Straight up, 2 o'clock on this Monday afternoon. Good afternoon and welcome into today's edition of the Burns and Gambo Show here on 98.7 FM Arizona Sports Station. We are live from the Oxygen Community Studios. My name is Dave Burns alongside the one, the only, John Gambadoro. Hi, Gambo. Burnsy, what's going on? Oh, my friend, how are you? How was your weekend? Uh, it was good, good weekend. Good weekend. I was at that historic Albert Pujols game on uh, Saturday. So I uh, got to see Albert Pujols hit two home runs. Were you among those asking for a curtain call? From a visiting player? No, but I mean, just to appreciate, you know, but at that time, it's like, you know, uh, he's going to get up a third time. He's going to get up a fourth. He's get up a fifth time. And then he pinch hit from in the ninth. They're like, okay, let's go. Yeah. They pinch hit from. So, and then yesterday, of course, I had the, the big sold out concert oh, to yeah, go okay. to. Yeah. Here, yeah. The other ancient thing that mm. you witnessed this weekend? <laughs> yes. Two ancient <laughs> that's things. Good. That's good, Mitch. I yeah. love that. Yeah. It was Albert Pujols on Saturday. America oh, on Sunday night. Yeah. Oh, it was big. Yeah. Average age of the crowd was about 74, I think. I agree. I brought the age, I, age I, down I, quite a bit. I saw your video on oh, I was social so media. Excited. I was counting the bald spots. One, two, four. It's bad when Gambo's the best with technology at the concert. He's oh, yes. the one holding out the I'm phone the one, recording. The, the, the only one who was offering any kind of video stream of the American concert was Gambo because he was the only one in the crowd who knew how to operate yes. the machinery. Yeah, yeah. yeah Nobody you, else had you it. Did have the, you brought down the average age of that place. Crank, crank this up just a little for me. Let me enjoy this for a second. Well, I keep on thinking about you, sister, golden hair surprise, and I just can't live so, without uh, you. Chelsea enjoyed it. No, she didn't go. <laughs> she was like, just take a friend. I don't have any friends. She goes, I'm going to stay home with the dog. Like, I, we can't come home at 11 o'clock. Like, so, she goes, call a friend. I, go, I, like, I, have, no, I have one friend. I got my friend Rob. So I took my friend Rob, set it to Cato. My buddy Rob said to the guy, he likes America. Okay, good. Yeah, he's well, 60. We all, we all like America. Yes. Yeah, they're one of the best bands. I love them. It's my favorite band. It's the country, but yes, I know yes. I know what you're talking about. Well, yeah, no, they still, they're still great. They're, they're still they're just, they're still great. I love them. I mean, you know, that's my I, favorite I, band. I'm glad you enjoy them. I'm it was glad. a big weekend. I mean, I saw America, and I got my first pair of Crocs. You guys, anybody, you guys have Crocs? <laughs> I got a pair of Crocs now. I've never had a pair. I got my own. I got like the sport one, the sport whoa, 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 Croc. Wait, hold on, hold on. This so is big. So we went from you with Witnessing things from ages past yes. to now, you're trying to bring back something from ages past into the now. Wow. Yeah, I, I have a pair of Crocs. So my kid ordered them. My wife and kid ordered them. Uh-huh. And yeah. then his were too big for him. So instead of returning them, I said, let me just try them on. I tried them on. Chelsea like, so I'm wearing them. So I got Crocs. Are they comfy? Uh, yeah, but I've never really wore them. Do you guys wear Crocs? I've never worn Crocs in my life. I got a pair of Crocs. Please bring them to work. I got a pair of Crocs. I got the Sport mode, so you can lift them up if you want to run or something. We, I guess we, we so need you to bring we these. Need in a video of you running down the hallway in your sport. Yeah, I have Crocs. I'll wear them tomorrow. I'll wear them into the show tomorrow. <laughs> and then I go to Chelsea. I go, listen, when I retire, we're just going to go see concerts. That's all I want to do because I had so much fun last night. She goes, when you retire, all the people that you listen to are going to be dead. <laughs> so like, we're not going to be able to go to those concerts because like they're all going to be gone. I'm like, oh man, that hurts. That's that hurts. Than, let's weigh in on our top story of the day here on the Burns and. Gambo Show. Burns and Gambo, the weigh-in. Brought to you by We 
revitalize weight loss. This is new. We weren't expecting this. A trade by the Arizona Cardinals. Yes, I told you a trade was coming. Did I not? (laughs) I said a trade is coming. They're going to make a trade. Yeah. I just said it was for a cornerback, Mm -hmm. and I still believe that that's coming. Not a guard, but a Not a guard, but they got a guard. Cody Ford, a guard out of, gee, that's a surprise, Oklahoma. Former teammate of Kyler Murray is acquired by the Arizona Cardinals today. Cardinals acquired the former Bills second-round pick, Cody Ford, for a fifth-round pick in next year's draft. Ford was a college teammate of Kyler's and Hollywood Brown. They both came out in the same draft class, 2019, which means he's going into the final year of his initial rookie deal. He's played in 38 games with the Bills, 29 starts. What does it mean? It means, first of all, they loved him in the draft in 2019. When I did my gamble five for the second round, he was one of the guys I mentioned. A.J. Brown, Byron Murphy, Cody Ford. I mentioned uh, like four or five. I, mean, I think it was five guys. I said that the Cardinals are focusing on one of these players with that pick. They they absolutely considered Cody Ford, but they ended up going with Byron Murphy, so they loved him. I checked in with the Cardinals earlier. They loved that he could play both guard spots and tackle, and tackle. So right now, you look at the starting five, and what they felt like they lacked was they felt like they lacked quality depth behind those five guys. So now, if you look at that top seven, that includes Josh Jones' tackle and Cody Ford at guard, who could also play tackle. So they feel like their two primary backups now are good, with Josh Jones and Cody Ford. The other thing is... If you like Cody Ford, if Justin Pugh retires or you don't bring back Will Hernandez, you may have a guy in-house already that could play guard for you next year. Very physical, physical player that they feel like that he could be here longer than just this year because his contract does expire this yeah, year. Yeah, there's, there's a lot to unpack with that there, starting with the depth issue, which I would agree is something that needs to be certainly talked about because I think a lot of people assume that Justin Murray was going to be kind of that backup guard potentially, but he, he's we haven't seen a lot of him so far no. this preseason. There's been a lot of question about his availability and whether he's going to play. Uh, Josh Jones, obviously, they want to focus more on him being a tackle, and so you look at the depth that they have, and there isn't a lot there. My, I'll be honest, my first thought when this went down was I thought, uh-oh, who's hurt? Who's hurt? Is Will Hernandez hurt? Is Justin Pugh hurt? Is somebody, is a guard on the starting offensive line for the Cardinals injured, and is, and is Cody Ford being brought in because of some injury that we don't know about yet? But you're saying, no, it's more about no. depth right now and potential starter for next year, right. depending on what happens with the guards they've got now. Now, it just didn't work out in Buffalo. And they're saying this is the biggest draft miss for Brandon Bean in his four years. They traded up to get him in the second round. They traded up to get Cody Ford. He played some tackle and he played some guard, but they really didn't like He He kind of lacked the lateral quickness to play that guard spot. So he was limited to just seven games, um, you know, I think last year, uh, 15 games last year, uh, started seven times, then he kind of got benched. So um, they decided like he just wasn't the right fit for them. But the Cardinals did love him in that draft. They do still like him, and they think a change of scenery will be great for him. Fifth round pick, um, and let's let's get right into what I called you when this thing went down. Yes. And I said the Cardinals made a trade today, but not for a corner, for a guard. We were going into this week as 
soon as I saw the Cardinals had made a trade, I thought, uh-oh, here it goes. Here goes the cor- here's the cornerback. Here it comes. Not yet. But you brought up in pre-show something I hadn't thought about because I saw this and I thought, ooh, I wonder if this takes them out of the running for getting the compensatory a picks. They've got this is what you brought up the extra picks they have coming to them because of all the guys they lost in free Chandler agency. Chandler Jones, Christian Kirk, Chase mm-hmm. Edmonds gives them extra inventory next year Plenty. if they want to go deal for a corner at some yeah. point this week because I, I don't want them. I don't want this taking them out of a running for a corner. They still very much need a cornerback. No, I think they got an extra third for Christian Kirk. So that gives them two third rounders. And I believe they got two fifth rounders as well. So you still like if you wanted to trade a third or a fourth for a cornerback, you could do that. Because, you know, if you trade a third, you still have a third and a fourth. If you trade a fourth, you still have two thirds and a fifth. So they're still in a really good spot to make a trade because of the compensatory picks that they got for Chandler Jones, Chase Edmonds, and uh, Christian Kirk. Because of those three guys, they loaded up with three extra picks, which puts them in a really good position to make another trade to go get a player. And I still expect that they're they're scouring the cornerbacks and trying to get one. This is audio after the Hale Murray game against the Buffalo Bills. This is Kyler Murray and Cody Ford on the game after that game, after Kyler won it with his pass to DeAndre Hopkins. I just never felt like we was gonna lose. I ain't gonna cap. No, y'all, we was, we came like y'all was supposed to lose. No, we were not. No, we were not. No. Bro, we should have beat y'all. We kicked three field goals. Exactly. We should have beat y'all. Threw, y'all threw two interceptions. Y'all had, a, y'all had an interception. Let's be real. Who do y'all think should have won the game? We should have won. Come on, baby. We should have won. Come on, baby. We should have won. <laughs> so they're obviously boys, right? They're yeah. obviously boys. Yeah. At which, and I know for some, yeah. at least I'm reading on social media, some are a little bit like, okay, what is Kyler like the de facto GM of the team now? Or are we getting all of his guys? You know, Hollywood. Yeah, he, yeah, Cody Ford was a guy that he asked for. Right? And, you know? and Hollywood Brown, certainly a former college teammate as well. I mean, it does, you know, I, I, I don't know how to express this necessarily. I, I'm not that concerned about it, but I can understand why people might look at it and go, just how many former Kyler Murray teammates from Oklahoma do you need on one roster? Anyway, is this some... My understanding is that Kyler has asked for three players in the draft and they didn't. And he, none of them came to the Cardinals. But he has asked for three players. There were three players he said, get that guy. Get, you know, C.D. Lamb was get one that of guy. them, right? And, I, and, the, and the, the left-handed center. Oh, the um, the left-handed from, center, yeah, from uh, from Kansas City, yeah. Creed yeah. Humphreys, Creed, Creed Humphreys, yeah, that thing, Creed you know, Humphreys. I was blanking on the name for a second, yeah, yeah. So there's three players that Kyler has asked the organization to draft. They did not, but they just brought him Cody Ford now. So didn't work out in Buffalo. They just they had him a tackle, then they moved him to guard. Physical, physical player, and you get him. Listen, we always say this, right? You get a guy with Sean Coogler. Like, you've got one of the best offensive line coaches in the NFL. Get him with Cougs. See what Cougs could do with him. Yeah. When we come back, the Arizona Cardinals had a chance to end a historic, is that really the word we're using? Historic? Historic win streak. But we don't care about that. What we do care about is next on the Burns and Gambo Show. 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Burns and Gambo. Snap to Garantano, straight drop back, throws deep, right side for Kirkland, broken up, incomplete at the 45 of Arizona. 45 of Baltimore, rather. Jump ball situation, Kirkland couldn't come up with it. Baltimore ball with 147 to go, and they're going to win their 22nd consecutive preseason game. 
<laughs> One of the most meaningless things ever. I mean, honestly, it, I it, mean, wow, I say incredible. That I mean, like when you think about it, it's like preseason games. No, no, you shouldn't care that much about winning and losing the games. No, you shouldn't. And they've won. They haven't lost in seven years, and yet they obviously care. I mean, they care enough that it's got to be some point of pride to them, right? I mean, they're not sure. I mean, they, they didn't start Lamar Jackson. They didn't play a bunch of their guys, just like the Cardinals hardly played any of their guys. But on some level, and John Harbaugh said as much, it does matter to them. They were talking about that on the Fox pregame show with Sean Payton before the game, that it, it does. I mean, they, it matters to them that they've got this streak. The Cardinals couldn't end it. They fell behind big early. They rallied a little bit with Kyler calling the plays there in the late third quarter and early fourth. We'll talk about that a little bit later. But the Cardinals dropped preseason game number two and let's talk about some of our impressions from preseason game number two. What? So so the first thing, I, so I was at the, the big sold out concert last night. So then when I, you know, got, I, I watched the game back this morning. So I got up this morning. You were a little morning. worn out after that American concert. It was big, started, you know, what, the after o'clock? party and everything. You know, I told Chelsea, don't wait up for me. Don't wait up. That's right. I'm going to go clubbing after don't the lay, don't, don't wait up. Big party afterwards. So, you know. The bus is taking us back to the senior center when it's all oh, done. Oh, man. I'm not sure when I'm going to get to my car. No, our, I tell you, our best line was, I'm like, listen, I just love these. I have so much fun at these concerts. When I retire, we just got to go to all these. We just got to go to concerts. She goes, yeah, but everybody that you listen to is going to be dead by yeah, probably. Like, oh man probably my, my impressions in watching it this morning were I, I thought that the protection was terrible early in the game yep. I thought that that Hundley was able to really take the team pitch and catch all the way down the field whenever he wanted there wasn't much pre- much, much pressure at all so I thought the protection from the Cardinals was terrible for McSorley um, the interception by McSorley the one we was looking for McBride just a terrible read got pressure in the pocket rolled out um, thought he had him and the, just the, the DB just read it so perfectly and jumped in front of him. Um, I thought that uh, Dorch had a couple of nice, if I go individual, I thought Dorch had a couple of nice plays, a beautiful catch, and then they got a peak got a P.I. Mm-hmm. on one of the Cardinals scoring drives. I thought that was good. I thought Demukeji and Kennard played well on the defensive line. Demukeji had a terrific stop on a running play. We just shot the gap and nailed the guy in the back. And I thought Kennard played well because he's fighting for a spot on that team. Um, and then Isabella, again, with yeah. Andy Isabella, like, like he's just going to make plays right now. So there was a lot of individual stuff that I liked, but as a team, I didn't think they protected the quarterback very well. I... I, I thought that the secondary was awful, just awful. Well, were they complete like ninety five percent of their passes? Awful, that they like threw, every like pass down the field was just completed. They yeah. weren't even contested. So I thought the secondary was really, really bad. Yeah, I, I thought it was. It wasn't a very clean game. Um, Kingsbury after the game with Paul Calvisi. Yeah, I think. Um... <laughs> You know, we'd like to play better. The the turnovers, anytime you lose the turnover margin 2-0, not great. Too many missed tackles. But um, I liked how the guys played at the end and, and um, found a way to come back and keep us in it. It was just so hard, I thought, to take anything of real significance out of it because so few guys played, right? right. I, I mean, it was it really was. Any time you looked on the field, you had a hard time finding guys that you were expected to make a big impact. That being said, the number one thing that stood out to me, and we're going to talk more 
more about him later, so I don't want to say everything about him, was Andy Isabella. Man, he just he popped, right? Early in that game especially, he popped as a guy that, that McSorley was looking for a lot, I felt like. The other thing was the running backs and, and how confused that situation still continues to be, right? They no, couldn't run. None of them ran well at all. Now, Ward had a good game with the returns. And he had a beautiful, nice, real, and, he had and a, and nice a nice catch. catch. And Ingram yeah. had a nice catch. And I mean, they're receiving-wise, okay, some guys made the But their running, runs. they had but no, running, no. nobody did. Nobody really stood out. And this, I'll be, man, I, I can't wait to see what they do with that roster. Do they dare keep five? Do they try to get Ingram on the practice squad? I, my gut. If it's four, who's the guy who's out? My I mean, gut is Ingram on the practice squad. That's just my gut. And I know he's played well, but my gut is you try to get Keontae Ingram on the practice squad. That that's because you gotta, you know, you start going through it like, okay, you gotta keep, you know, what, nine or ten offensive linemen, you dress eight, you just start to go through the numbers like, man, you really do you really need an extra running back? It doesn't seem to make much sense, does it? Put him on the practice I mean, squad. I know we've talked about this for a couple of days yeah. now, but keeping five just seems like that that's a luxury you just can't afford in an NFL where you just don't yeah. care that much about the running back these days. And then you'll you know? keep twenty corners. Cornerbacks, <laughs> ten of twelve. God, I hope so. The, the Arizona secondary, ten of twelve. Ten. The Ravens had ten catches on twelve targets for 153 yards and two scores. The Baltimore quarterbacks against the Arizona Cardinals secondary had a perfect passer rating of 158.3. Mm. Ugh. Mm. I know. Yeah, no, it was bad. No, it was. It was. Uh, it was it, bad. It, it was bad. It was. It was really bad. That that part was bad. The running game was bad. McSorley, I thought, just looked okay when he was out there. I mean, mostly it was just another reminder of, okay, when does the regular season start? You know, when when, when do these right. games actually matter? When do I get to see? Well, plays? What, what matters more than anything is these practices coming up against Tennessee. Of which, because by the way, this is better. This is better than a preseason game because you're going to go one against one. You're going to go your number one receiver against their number one cornerback. Your top offensive line against these practices are going to be physical. Like these practices are better than a preseason game because your 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 number ones are going to practice against their number ones and their number ones against your number ones. So, you know, say what you want about the preseason game, but the the these two practices are worth more than all of the preseason games combined, in my opinion. It's funny that you mentioned that about a half hour ago, Jim Wyatt, and I I, I wasn't sure when I was going to bring this up because I just wanted to have it come up naturally. Jim Wyatt, who has covered the Titans since the nineteen ninety season, tweeted out that uh, Mike Vrabel has announced they will only practice together on one day, not two. Oh, just one day? Just one day next week. Yeah, it's going to be it. a bloodbath. Like, who, There might be some fights. Like, It's going to probably be extremely physical. Extremely physical, but that's where you'll you know that you'll 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 get to really gauge yourself against Tennessee because it's going to be a physical practice, and your top wide receiver will go against their top corner, and your top tackle will go against their top pass rusher. That's yeah. how it'll be. Back to the uh, the running back situation, Jonathan Ward, who again was playing well, not running well, but he was playing well with the returns and the receiving, uh, hurt his shoulder in that game. This is Cliff Kingsbury post game with again Paul Calvisi. It's an AC. Um, so it'll be painful for a little bit, but we're hoping not not too long. Okay, so if that's not a serious deal, then maybe that 
that doesn't impact the room. That doesn't impact the decisions they're going to make. But that, you know, Eno, in a game where he didn't get a ton of opportunities, Eno didn't really do a whole lot with the ton of opportunities that he got. He didn't really pop in that game. And I don't know if that's going to hurt him. I don't know if that's going to be a problem for him. But I mean, I'd like to see him pop outside of anything but practices, you know? I know. I know. Because everyone's raving about the job that he's done. Right. Didn't see it last night. Didn't see it last night. You're not seeing Darrell Williams play a whole lot either. You're not seeing him. You're just not seeing him. Makes you wonder if he's got a spot salted away. Probably. Like, like we're not going to throw him out there because we know he's on the roster. So then, is it three guys for two spots? Can you get Ingram on the practice squad? And if you can't, who do you let go? That's where things get dicey. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, Kevin Durant watch is back. And we have a reported trade package that the Suns allegedly used to try to get Durant. And we have a reaction on social media from the guy who was in that package. That's next on the Burns and Gambo Show. The Burns and Gambo Need to Know Twitter poll presented by Sanderson Ford. And for that, we turn things over to Eric Ruby, our afternoon contributor here on the Burns and Gambo Show. I have no idea what today's poll question is. I like the mystery. What do you have for us? Keeping you in suspense, Absolutely. but let's end it. Let's see what it is. All right. What do you got? Big what is time. your favorite America song? Dang it, you guessed it. You're going to list the top four. That's Sister, not it. No, no. Sister Golden Sister Hair, Golden Horse Hair. With No Name, Ventura Highway, or Magic. Now, that is a poll question. <laughs> <That's> a, <laughs> it's going to be hard to follow that one, to be That's completely a good honest. One. That's a good one. That is a Actually, good one. I would go Horse With No Name. I wouldn't go Sister That was their, that was their, big, their I, biggest hit. I, I would go with uh, Horse With No Name. That's the one I remember the most from being yeah. a kid. Uh, that's not, no? No, it's not. It's not. It's not. It's okay. not. Unfortunately, well, Mitch and I couldn't come up with something that good, but how about this for a chance? All right. Where does Andy Isabella start slash end this NFL season? Hmm. You've got three options. Your first okay. option is he starts with the Cardinals, but he ends on a new team. Your second option is he starts and ends on the same new team, or he stays with the Cardinals the whole season. Could go that he starts with the Cardinals and he ends up somewhere else. When Hopkins comes back, maybe they let him go. He spoke, we're going to talk about this at three. He spoke like a man who knew this place was not his future. It's just looking at the comments, listening to him. Uh, but I think he starts, I think he most right. He starts here because of the hop injury. So I will agree with my esteemed colleague. Crazy enough, that's in last place what? right now. In first place, 41%. It's the double new team. They think he's gone before the season and he stays there. In second place, 31.5%. Says he's staying with the Cardinals for the full season, 2022-2023. And in last place, it's close. Only 0.5% back. But at 31%, start with the Cardinals, end with a new team. It's a close one. That's a bold question. It's a good one. I like it. You can find it on the Burns and Gambo Twitter page, at Burns and Gambo. Arizona Sports. Kevin Durant. Watch. The latest on KD to the Suns with Burns and Gambo. Got a fresh coat of paint today, Kevin Durant did, and the rumors, which seemingly never end, we're into, what, month and a half now? June 30th? Two months? Yeah, we're almost Eight days up. from today, we got two months. Two months since he asked out. Two months. And the speculation fired up that maybe he's coming to the Suns. A new report from Sham Sharania. It's your call, it's your decision. Do you want to start with what Shams wrote about another new suitor, potentially, for Kevin Durant, or do you want to start with what he wrote about the Phoenix Suns and Kevin Durant? Your call. 
off. Let's let let's start with the let's start with the new team and then we'll go to the Suns. Okay. The new team is the Memphis Grizzlies. Ooh, According to man. Shams in his report this morning, and it was there was a lot to unpack here. Uh, we'll get into the other parts of it, but the two main takeaways. New team, the Grizzlies. Recently, he writes, a new team has shown interest in Durant. The Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, according to league sources, the Grizzlies have made new inquiries to the Nets about Durant, those sources added. Memphis has five first-round draft picks available, four unprotected selections of its own, and a protected one from Golden State. They could also theoretically use young players like Jaron Jackson Jr., Desmond Bain, Zaire Williams, Brandon Clark, etc., etc. Per the report, the Grizzlies will not include Jackson or Bain in a potential offer for Kevin Durant. So they won't give up Jackson, they won't give up Bain. So what's their big pull if they're not going to give up either one of those guys? The draft picks? Like, well, you know, they've got good players, but, like, I would probably want those two yeah. if I was going to make this deal. I was, you know, now they've still got, um, you know, Brandon Clark, and uh, they're not trading. So they're going to hold on to John Morant. They're going to hold on to Bain. They're going to hold on to Jackson Jr. What, what, are you, what are you getting from them? Exactly. I mean, it's just a bunch of role players that you could get. I mean, I don't think there's anybody great that you can get on that roster. That's a good team. Like, that's a good team. Like, if I'm Kevin Durant, I might want to go play with those guys. They won a lot of games with second in the West last 56, year. 56, I believe. 56 wins. Yeah, yeah, I just don't understand, like, okay, you know, wh- why trade him a me- the, the best pl- Do you want the best player or do you want the picks? Because everybody can give you the picks, right? Not everybody can. Some t- The Suns can do it better than others. The Raptors, I believe, can do it better than the others. The Grizzlies can, too. Philly can't, right? Philly, Philly can't, can't Philly's give them limited. the picks. I think Boston's somewhat limited on the picks. I think Miami. Miami's really limited on the picks, so that not every team can do the picks. But you're you 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 have hit this nail on the head. Why would Brooklyn, if they want the home run deal, why would they have a conversation with Memphis if they're not including Jaron Jackson Jr. Right. or Desmond Bain? I mean, there's just not enough. There's not enough there. There's not even close to enough there. I read this story and my first thought was, oh God, John Morant and Kevin Durant on the same team. I don't want that. I don't want to have to deal with that in my conference. But then I I read it and I I read the same thing. Like, well, f- no Jaron Jackson, no Desmond Bain. Yeah. This is nothing to worry about. At least as it's constructed right now, this is nothing to worry about because I don't know why Brooklyn would want to do a deal like that. Who was Durant's first pick in the All-Star game? Once he got past the starters, it was Booker with the Suns. Right. right? And you know what his second pick was? Was it John? John Morant. So his second pick was John Morant. And John actually tweeted something out, you know, when with with Durant, something about easy money. Easy, easy or money on easy June 30th, money. the day he asked out. Yeah. Um, so, so, listen, Memphis has great draft capital. They have all of their picks going forward. They own their next five first-round picks. Plus, they have a 2024 protected first-rounder from Golden State. So they have draft capital to make a deal. But if they're not going to put one of their young stars in, then you still I still think that if, if Boston is offering Jalen Brown, that's the best player you can get. And Memphis, you know, they're going to be a good team for a while because they're relatively, they're very, very young. They're yeah. very, very young. So you can't, 
like think that they're going to have a great pick at any time in the next few years if you get those picks from them. Later in the story, Shams wrote, the Phoenix Suns have similarly dangled a package around all defensive wing Mikel Bridges and a handful of first round draft picks, which has not picked up any steam with the Nets. Phoenix has attempted over the past month to make creative proposals to Brooklyn, possibly via three or four team trades where an all-star caliber goes to the Nets, but the Suns have yet to find a suitable deal. The second half of what I said, we knew. I mean, that that's nothing new at all. The only thing that's new about the first half is that for the first time that I can really remember the assumption that Mikel Bridges would be involved in this, it went from an assumption to, oh, he actually got mentioned, right? Like, we've talked a few times. But not mentioned, just mentioned, like his name came up, right? I mean, that's like, I get that. Like, I get that. But I still don't believe at any point the Suns said, we will give you Mikael Bridges, Cam Johnson, four first-round picks for Kevin Durant right now. I think in discussions, names come up, but the Suns have done it. We talked about Suns have done a really good job of protecting we have. the players they have to make sure that they're not in a trade proposal. So to say mentioned to me is a little bit different than they offered. I, I, there's a difference there. I don't know if it's enough of a difference to cause Mikael Bridges, because Jalen Brown got very upset, right, yeah. by seeing his name out there. This is the Suns have been, I agree, very cautious about making sure names aren't mentioned. And even though the report does not read the Suns offered Mikel Bridges, it's kind of playing with the words a little bit. The Suns have dangled a package around Mikel Bridges. His name has to come up. I, have, like, I mean, you don't, you don't have a conversation. You don't, you don't have a lot to offer if you're keeping Booker, Chris Paul, and DeAndre Ayton. Like, what are you, you going to offer? You're not going to go to them and... and you know, offer you, you got to offer something I, I of agree. substance. Agree, so you would imagine that, like the name has been discussed. I, but I still think. Listen, everything that I've been told is continues to be that the Nets continue to tell the Suns that you don't have enough. You don't have enough. Every conversation, you don't you don't have enough. To, so like. I don't know that the Suns, like, I don't think the Suns are out of this, but it really depends on what other teams are willing to offer because the Suns don't, that's why that, that meant, that being mentioned about three and four teams is absolutely true. Absolutely oh, true. Sure. That's not news because that's, it's that's the only, it's, it's the best way for the Suns to be able to get him is to get other things from somebody else. Mikhail Bridges on Twitter about an hour ago. I'm sitting here watching just like y'all. LOL. So he's, it doesn't sound as if he's, Jalen Brown was very upset. At least it seemed like he was upset on social media when his name was included. Doesn't seem as if Mikel is very upset by it. Hey, I'm just sitting around watching this all go down like y'all are. Don't don't worry about it. He doesn't say that, but that's how I interpret it. Like he's, I get it. Yep, I saw my name. Well, you know, all right. Yeah, I'm listen. If I'm watching a, like you if, are, if I'm a young player, man, it's Kevin Durant. He's one of the greatest players in the history of the game. Like you, you get over it. Like yeah. your your name came up. You know that that should be a, a kind of like a badge of honor that they consider you as the guy that could get him. I, I wouldn't see take that, it. but I can see how Jalen Brown might be like, dude. Seriously, we, we were two wins we away from an NBA championship. I'm the second best player on this team. Really, you're going to trade me? I can see. Why he might be a four year old that's always injured. Yeah, I can see why his nose might be a little out of joint about that one. When we come back, the Arizona Diamondbacks fans on Saturday night witnessed a piece of history. Unfortunately, they also witnessed their team getting swept. That's coming up next on the Burns and Gambo Show. 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Burns and Gambo. 
First pitch on the way and a fly ball hit into deep left center field. Back on it goes Thomas and leaps. It's gone. Another home run for Pools. He's now nine away from 700. That's 691. 3 2 to Pools and that one is driven. Number 692. Same spot as the last one. I had another one that hit off the base of the wall. You were oh, there. Yeah, I was there. You were there Saturday night. It was crazy. Um, from what? I, no, I, I wasn't. I watched most of the game, some of the highlights. From what I understand, basically, it was a large crowd, Mexican Heritage Night on Saturday yes. night. A lot of Cardinal fans in the building. There was an attempt to get Pujols out for a curtain call, yes. even though he was the visiting player. You yes. can confirm that? Sure. Yeah. They get they, so there's a lot of Cardinal fans there, obviously, right? So a lot of Cardinal fans. Pujols hits a home run, right? Then he hits another home run. He like, you know, and then you start looking things up. Like to me, I'm like, how many times does he hit two home runs in a game? Because you're seeing history, right? Yes. You're literally. You, so I looked it up. It's like this is the sixth. That was like the 64th time he had hit, had multiple homers in a game. And then you're thinking to yourself, but he's going to get a third at bat and then a fourth at bat. And then he had the two more hits, and then you're like, he's going to come up in the ninth. So, so I'm staying. It's the eighth inning. I'm like, the Cardinals are going to win. Diamondbacks make a little bit of a comeback, but they're like, okay, do you stay to the end of the game with forty thousand people there, or do you try to leave? And then, but you know, before the traffic, okay. So pull. So in the eighth inning, they get Cardinals get two guys on base. Like, okay, Pujols is going to come up in the ninth, and then the ninth starts, and you see somebody come out to pinch hit for him. Like, why are they pinch hitting for Pujols? Mm-hmm. Like, let him bat. Yeah, let, let him bat. They'll get three home runs. Sure, he's closing in on seven hundred. He would like eight home runs to get 700. Now he's retiring at the end of the year. But I think when you see one of the great players in the game and you see him hit a home run, you're like, oh, I saw Albert Pujols hit a home run. Or I saw Albert Pujols hit two home runs. But the chance that Albert Pujols could have hit three home runs sure, sure. was, you know, I mean, that was ri- And the third one was almost out. He hit the base of the wall, like yeah. you said. It was like, so I think there was an appreciation by all of the Diamondback fans just to witness that you're seeing one of the great players in the history of the game play. And for the record, I don't have a problem with even Diamondback fans wanting a curtain call out of Albert Pujols. I was just, that's what I read, and I wanted to make sure that's what happened. I had heard that there was, come on, come out, come out, come out. No, I see, I thought out. they wanted to close the curtains on Madison Bumgarner. <laughs> we'll talk about I him. I think that's what they wanted to we'll do. We'll talk about him in a minute. If we're, if we're ranking storylines from over the weekend with the Arizona Diamondbacks, Albert Pujols certainly is, is number one. So now at 692 in his career, he reiterated over the weekend he is going to retire at the end of the season. This yeah. is it. He will not play. If he can get eight, I don't know if he can get eight home runs in the finals. It's like know. 43 games I think yeah. they have left. And he's not, I mean, he's probably, yeah, he's going to play every game? Uh, probably not. I don't think he can get there. It'd be super cool if he did because he would join Ruth, Aaron, and Bonds as the, right, as the only mm-hmm. members of the 700. He could pass A-Rod. He might run. pass he A-Rod. He might. Uh, he also now uh, passed Stan Musial for second on the all-time total bases leaderboard. Yep. The only one he's behind is Hank Aaron. He's a mile behind Hank Aaron. He'll never catch him, but... But he's you know, it's it's an amazing career. He's been impressive to watch, and I, I don't blame Diamondback fans or Cardinal fans, whoever was there on Saturday night, one bit for appreciating what they were seeing. Now that being said, Diamondbacks got swept. Their yeah. Mad Bum on Saturday was not good. Merrill Kelly was. Tommy Henry was. We'll talk about Henry in a minute. The bullpen was awful this yeah. weekend. Yeah, yeah. Melanson awful. gives up a run, and the bases are loaded. They take him out, and then the next. 
next two pitches later, it's uh, Edwin Yusita gives up a grand slam. It's 13-7 Cardinals. Four more runs charged to Melanson. ERA now at 5.18. And you start to think, like, what the hell are you going to do with this guy? Like, you, like, you just, I mean, he can't pitch anymore. Like, he just can't pitch anymore. Let baseball like, and saves last year. Yeah, but he can't, like, I mean, I, but I don't know what happened. But like, Most saves in baseball last year, and he can't pitch this year. He just can't, he can't pitch. I mean, anytime you put him in the game, it's like, this, he needs to change. You got him on the contract for next year, and it's just like, do you really got to, really got to bring this guy back? I, I mean, the fans. Oh my God! The fans hate him when he comes into the game. They hate him when he comes out of the game. I mean, he can't Freaking get anybody bum. out. He just can't get anybody out. So that's a really, really bad spot for the D backs. Is that this guy's so bad? Ten and a third innings from the bullpen over the weekend. Oh. Twenty-two hits, sixteen earned runs. That's a fourteen ERA. I heard Mark Grace talking about this. Uh, Gracie, the lefties have been good. It's their righties that can't get anybody out. Their left-handed relievers, like Joe Manup, their left-handed relievers are good. Like their lefty relievers are decent. It's a, it's their right-handed relievers. Their right-handed relievers can't get out. Yeah. Although didn't Mantiply struggle? I think Mantiply gave one yeah. of them. But overall, Mantiply's been really oh, he's good. Been, yeah. No. No. I know. I was just talking about this weekend. Goldschmidt comes back. He's oh, he had a big weekend. Five hundred, two homers, six RBI. He he was really really good. I, I thought the other takeaway outside of Tommy Henry, and we'll get to him in a second. This and Nick Bacoro pointed this out in his game story, and he's absolutely right. Since the All Star break. When the Diamondbacks play mediocre to bad baseball teams, they win series. When they play mediocre to good teams, they lose. They lose series. They can't beat those teams. And it's just like the line, if you go look at their schedule since the All-Star break, you can draw a line right down the middle. And it's very obvious when they play the bad teams, they're great, or they're good enough. When they play the good teams, they can't compete. And the, no. the bad news is after they get done with the Royals and the White Sox this week, it's pretty much nothing but good to great teams the rest of the year for the Diamondbacks. I mean, it's a lot of the Padres. It's a lot of the Dodgers. It's the Astros. It's the Brewers. It's just the Phillies. And they might get Bryce Harper back. Mitch was telling us before the show that Bryce Harper might be back just in time for the series against the Diamondbacks. It's a rough way to end the season for the Diamondbacks. Yeah, and it's, listen, you like to see them win games, but I think, you know, what we're looking at is, is Jameson going to come up and pitch? Are you looking forward to, you know, nobody's like, uh, and I'll just be honest with you. You know, I, we went to the game. I took my son, you know, another t- a teammate of his and his dad. And, you know, you look at it like, oh, Bumgarner's pitching. Oh, darn. Like, I mean, that's how I'm honest. Like, oh, that sucks. Like, I would have loved to have seen Tommy Henry pitch or Merrill Kelly pitch or Zach Allen pitch. But Bumgarner pitching, it just doesn't, like, that doesn't get anybody excited. It's, so, but Tommy Henry, yeah, like, I would have loved, I, I wish Tommy, I'd love to see Tommy Henry pitch. Like, so I think you, there are things that you can look forward to as the season comes to a close. You know they're not going to make the playoffs, and right. you just got to live with that. You got to live for those moments with these young kids playing. Yeah, Mad Bum um, on Saturday night, five and a third, five earned runs, two home runs. He was not very good, like we talked about. Tommy Henry was good, five was, and a third. Yep. He gave up the, the the Goldie run in the first inning, the home run in the first inning. Henry after that settled in, five and a third, six hits, struck out seven. His ERA so far after a handful of starts very respectable three and a half it was the bullpen later that you know it was kind of the theme of the weekend screwed that game up when Kevin Ginkle gave up a bunch of runs in the seventh but I was reading uh, Tory's comments after the game he's like it was a really nice moment for Tommy Henry out there that's a tough lineup and yeah. he settled in really really nice 95 pitches 60 were for strikes he had 15
15 swings and misses. So he did a good job. I'm like, uh, I'm excited to see him. And I think I was looking at a note where Jameson actually pitched pretty good in his last outing. So I expect that he's going to come up. But uh, let me see if I could find that here. Yeah, yeah. Dre Jameson had one of his most effective outings. Seven innings, three hits, one run yesterday. That was yesterday for the Aces. So he had his best outing. So that's a good sign. Has Andy Isabella secured a roster spot? Even better, has he secured a roster spot with the Arizona Cardinals? We'll talk about that coming up on the Burns and Gambo Show.